The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hi everyone, Mac19 here and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live once again on Port Fan Radio. And look, uh, tonight Rick is a, a bit of an apology to start. We might hear from him a little bit later on. Um, so his co-host tonight is the host of our 1870 Hour on the Port Fan Radio Network, Crazy Big Hour. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Macca. Thanks for having me. Too easy, buddy. Great to have you back on. And uh, back on the podcast as guest is Dylan. Hey, how you going, boys? Yeah, Great good, to have thanks, you on mate. as well, buddy. Yeah, it's good to be back. That's the way. Well, look, uh, let's get straight into it. I want to talk about um, something else before we get on to the uh, preview of the Essendon game, which is the uh, the RAA scenario, of course. Um, you know, there's been, been quite a lot of talk on the forum about the fact that RAA and the club decided to give the $10,000 prize uh, for a $50,000 crowd uh, to charity. Um, they, gave, they gave the 10K to Childhood Cancer, which is obviously a, a fantastic gesture and an incredibly worthy cause. I don't think there's any doubt about that at all. But I guess the question I have, and, and the question that many, many others have as well, is uh, should RAA have ponied up an extra 10K to fulfil their end of the deal and the promotion? Well, my my personal view is yes. Like, they, they made the choice to give the money out, but they advertised and therefore they didn't follow through with their verbal contract or their their contract to the supporters that if we got 50,000 plus that one supporter would get $10,000 and we we achieved that goal and they decided no we're not going to give it to a supporter we are going to give it to charity if they had made the decision to give $10,000 to charity well and good let's still give the 10 grand to a supporter yeah, they're sort of trying to like I don't know. It's it's hard to criticise really because you know they're giving money to charity, but I mean, you you can't. That's advertising money. I mean, you're putting your name out saying that you're going to give away money to fans of the organisation that you sponsor. I mean, that's yeah, it's really not on. Is it? It's a bit unethical to just take something away like that that you've promised. It's a hard situation, as you said. I mean, it's it's charity. It's a great gesture. It's obviously very, very worthwhile. Um, it's a great cause. But I just feel because... I mean, they, they haven't had to pony up $10,000 yet this year. Obviously, we, we had a couple of $50,000... Uh, $50,000... 50,000 uh, people crowds at um, in the first couple of games before this promotion came into effect. But you just feel that um, maybe they should have dished up another ten grand and you know made a... Made their end of the promise uh, keep, I guess you'd, you'd have to say. I don't know. It's a strange situation, but I don't know. I, I feel a, a lot of people are a little bit miffed about it. I feel, I'm trying to like find something to really compare it to, but I, you, you, you've never really heard of something like this. I mean, it's so out of the blue. Is there any reason they switched and gave it to charity instead? I mean, why can't they just, you know, find some more money for charity? That's if they're going to do that. It, it's really confusing. Yeah. Yeah, no, excuse me, it's stupid. I thought it was ridiculous. I got just a text message from uh, a listener saying uh, they're effing cheats. They've cheated <laughs> our supporters. <laughs> and I'm not, like, not, wow, 
tell us how you really feel. But yeah, they a lot of supporters feel dogged by this and said that it's not fair. So I was not the game. I didn't really know much about the the whole thing because I don't live in Adelaide. But yeah, I mean, you'd you'd have to be miffed. I mean, what are the chances that you're going to get it? But still, this no, it's it's so unethical to just take that away from a sponsor. I mean, they've only been around with us for how long and. Yeah, just pulling stuff like that. It's, it's probably not real. Is it? It's a strange one. Yeah, it's it's an odd situation. As you said, I, I can't really think of a, a comparable situation um, that I've come across. But you just feel that. Um, well, I certainly feel that they should have put in an extra ten grand. I mean, if they wanted to give money to charity, that's perfectly fine. Absolutely, do that and say, "Yep, we're going to match it dollar for dollar and give ten thousand dollars to childhood cancer as well." I think everyone would have been absolutely, you know, happy as Larry with that. Well, the same person has just um, sent me a text saying that um, he would have won it and now he can't feed his kids. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Well, enough of that. Let's let's move on and talk about uh, the game this weekend. We play Essendon at uh, Etihad Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, We've got a 14-11 win-loss record, but we haven't actually beaten them since 2010, when we did beat them in a uh, epic encounter at Etihad Stadium, um, I guess the first question is: um, How much of Essendon have you guys seen this year? Oh, not a lot, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I watched a couple of games earlier when they were in form, but um, yeah, unless they're on like a, a Friday night against Carlton or Richmond, presumably, because. There's not a lot to watch, really. They're just a team on the decline without actually having achieved anything. Yeah, I haven't watched a great deal of them. Uh, they kind of just irritated me, and I think yeah, they're on, like they've, they're on the decline. Um, they're on the nose. I just think this whole wider thing's gone on top of them. And if um, we were to lose to them, there'd be uh, a meltdown on the boards. I think that uh, there'd be red cards flying everywhere, Macca. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. We, we haven't had a bit of a, a band hammer for a while, so it's, uh, it's probably due. Yep. But look, I've, prob- I've probably seen maybe seven or eight Essendon games this year, and they haven't really been all that impressive. Obviously, we all know you know they've struggled. They've only won five games for the year, and um, but they haven't, uh, haven't got anywhere near as well as what uh, a lot of people thought they might, but... I think they've mirrored Port a lot this year as well. They've got a key forward who, you know, if he doesn't really score, then they don't win. Um, they're heavily reliant on, on a few star players to stand up every week. They've got a host of players that have taken a, a pretty big backward step this year due to form or, or injury or, or otherwise. And, you know, a game plan that they don't look capable of performing week to week. And I just think there's a lot of similar, uh, similarities there to us. I was actually going to say the same thing when you said they've won five games. I said, Macca, we've only won six. So, <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're pretty shite at the moment as well. Uh, but I just think that we're, we should be able to put them to the sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'd think that most weeks. But um, I think, yeah, it is pretty similar. And in the sense that they've lost their outside run as well through Collier, who's, I think he's picked up the same injury as Jared Pollock. I think both teams are really missing that like outside use, and which we're getting wide, so that's a bit of relief. But 
I think, yeah. And even their midfield grunt, I mean, Job's out. So, Heppel's going to have to stand up and, you know, Stanton, if you through the middle. I mean, they, they don't have a lot of options in the midfield. It looks, it looks pretty weak and very young. Yeah. I mean, they, they rely super heavily on Goddard. They rely heavily on Stanton, Heppel. I mean, they're the three keys for them. Um, you know, Zach Merritt sort of stands up. He's had a really good year and, and looks to be quite a good player uh, for the future for them. Uh, but outside of them and maybe Michael Hurley down back, um, it's pretty slim pickings. Yeah, it is. They don't have a... Um, they, don't have, they, they went and decided to go get those Coonies and the Chapmans and people like that to try and fill the void of their lost draft picks. But, um, yeah, it hasn't worked go, out for them. To go with their theme of over-the-hill players, they've exclusively recruited over-the-hill players. Well, let's talk about the changes. Um, we've made three. I've got to say, I uh, quickly checked uh, the ins and outs in the car and saw that Cracker was an out. I didn't realise he'd done a hamstring at that point. I was thinking, God, God help us all. <laughs> Bigfooty's going to melt down completely if uh, if he's just been omitted. But I guess, uh, thankfully, in inverted commas, he's uh, he's injured, I guess. Um, Archie's an out. Stewart's an out. Uh, I don't think there's really any surprise there. In comes uh, Matty White for his first game for quite a long time. Um, Andrew Moore comes back in and Sammy Cahoon. I'm actually quite surprised, and I did talk about this on Tuesday night. I was expecting uh, Mitchell and Gray to come back in, to be honest with you, um, after their form last week and um, Ken's previous um, inclusions that he's made. Um, But, yeah, I'm really thankful they haven't been because they're not our team going forward. Well, look, I'm not surprised um, that Mitchell and Gray didn't get a go. They probably would have deserved it um, had they got in the team. But look, I'm pretty happy to see Sammy Cahoon back. Um, I was pretty surprised that he got dropped a couple of weeks ago. Andrew Moore back in. I mean, that's neither here nor there. I mean, we've got a bit of a merry-go-round at the moment with these sort of inside mids of, of Youngy and, and Moore and Archie sort of getting in and out of the side every week. And Matty White, he's just going to add so much pace and creativity to our team. Well, that's, yeah, that's true. Um, but Vanilla Moore, um, I've got people that really say that if Moore had been in a Melbourne team, he would have copped so much more criticism than what he's um, copying because people just forget about him over here in um, in Adelaide. But um, I, he doesn't grasp his position. Like he had, he's been given so many opportunities to play football. Like we know he's been injured and, and stuff and he hasn't had any continuity of football, but Ken has given him ample opportunities to try and, cement a place in that team. We just can't do it. And what is he, like 23, 24 now? Yeah, probably about that, 24. Yeah, yeah 24, and he still hasn't, like, he was given so many opportunities when he probably didn't deserve them, and um, and he still hasn't been able to get it at AFL level. So it's like, Tom, we look to um, cut our losses and play people like Jesse Palmer, uh, Logan Austin, um, and these kids and just give them the opportunity because um, our season is done and dusted. Give them the opportunity, play them for six games. I think um, Tribe was saying today on the, the board, like, let's just like back um, Butcher in. Put Butcher in and just sit there and go, yeah, you're playing seven weeks. I don't give a shit because our season's done. You've got seven weeks to prove yourself. Otherwise, we're cutting you. And just back him in and see what he can do. 
I guess I'd probably still think that we can make the finals. And looking at really? our draw... Well, looking at our draw, you think, well, we've got a few easy games, and if, if we get a bit of a run on, then it might happen. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Andrew Moore's just the classic, almost their player. You know, he dominates the SNFL. He gets massive numbers there. He looks like an absolute superstar. You know, picks up heaps of clearances. Pacey uses the ball pretty well. Get him in the AFL system, and he, he just seems to struggle. He just... Um, there's just something about him, and I don't know if he just needs to have that one big breakout game, or or whether the uh, the ship has sailed with that one. But um, personally, I'm not too sure he's going to be on our list next year. I don't think he will be either. And um, well, Stuart, I don't reckon he'll be on our list either. He's back. Oh, Dylan's back. He's he's he alive. Sorry. Internet's decided to soil itself at an opportune moment. Um, That's all right. Your thoughts you on Andrew Moore? Andrew Moore, yes. Sort of glad he's in, but um, I was going to say, I was in the middle of thing before I realised that my internet had cut out. Um, some some case with him, Archie and Young, I wish we would just put one of them in the team and just play them out for the rest of the year. And I'm really disappointed this with um, Archie being dropped. I mean, despite his incredibly anonymous game, I mean, he's played out of position. This is a guy who has, you know, he excels in the middle and at stoppages, and we just have to play him on the wing or wherever, or in the forward line. I mean, what's the point? You've got, you got to use your players' strengths, and if we're just going to keep dropping these fringe inside midfielders, how are they supposed to get any continuity? How is figure out, you know, where these guys lie on our list if, if we're just going to, you know, play them for two games and drop them, bring them back as a sub, drop them? I mean, it's, it's, it's nauseating. Yeah. I'd much prefer uh, Archie stay in the side than bringing back Andrew Moore, personally. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, we've brought back Matt White, and I think I'd rather drop Jake Need than drop... I think Archie has a serious future with us, and yeah. Jake Need, I don't know, he's he's sort of always sitting on the fringe, and he's, he's never really going to... I don't think he's ever really going to cement that position because our small forwards... I mean, is there even a need for that crumbing sort of type, which he doesn't do that well anyway? I mean, he hasn't scored any goals since his comeback. Mm. And our small forwards in, you know, Wingard and Monfries and Gray when he's playing there, that rotation is so incredible. <laughs> you know, incredible. And can also run through the midfield where Jake sort of, he doesn't really have the body for it. He's, he's sort of too short, too skinny, too, you know. So, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather keep Archie and... Um, happy for more to come in though. I mean, any, any grunt, I guess that's good because we're getting smashed in clearances and stoppages. Yeah, maybe, I guess uh, it's a fair so. point. It's a fair point about the small forwards. I mean, our small forwards have been, to put it bluntly, pretty terrible this year, to be honest. And you know, take away Chad Wingard, who's you know an absolute Monty for all Australian, and there's just been nothing underneath there at all. You know, Need struggled. We tried Mitchell. He played one good game against, I think, the Crows, and that, and that was it. Sammy Gray couldn't kick a goal. Um, you know, Monfrey sort of wavers between playing a, a very, very good defensive role up forward, but, you know, rarely these days is, is getting on the scoreboard. I guess that's a bit of a hole in the side, which uh, we thought we would have had covered this year, but um, has proven not to be the case. I think Monfrey's is a coaching thing, to be honest. He's really directed to lock down. You can see, like, against Collingwood even, he had, he had a bit more of a free reign up at the high half wall. And he he's a really essential creator for us there, I reckon. I mean, he, especially 2013, you could point to it. 
Oh, he was so incredible running, uh, pushing up to the wings. He just works his ass off. Yeah. And when he's focusing on getting that attacking play, getting that attacking option, you just feel like he's more focused on it. And when he's defensive, when he does have that attacking moment, he sort of flounders and often he just falls over. I mean, that's been the theme for Monfrey since you know, 90% of the time the ball goes to ground, he goes to ground, falls over, and then his opposition gets a rebound. And that essentially just cuts out all the good work that he's done locking him down. So I think we really should play him more attacking Baltica when he's on. And we're obviously missing that, especially since Jake needs not kicking any goals in the small forward position. That's, yeah, I don't um, see need, like, need is small, um, and he he adds something to our team, and he's got that defensive pressure, but so does Monfries. Monfries can play that attacking play if he, get, if he does, but I think that he has a really steely mindset, a lot like Kane in that he gets a job to do and he'll do it and he'll bust his ass all game um, and get it done. And he's been asked most of the season to play that lockdown role and he's been doing it reasonably well. But then we say, why isn't he getting more possessions? Why isn't he kicking goals? Because he's more worried about negating his player than having an influence in the forward line. And if you're going to play that um, that negative influence um, to stop their creative run from the back line, you still have to hurt them um, because then it actually makes your job easier. And I think that uh, he needs to get that happy medium going and uh, stop falling over, as um, Dylan has said. But he's been doing that since 2004 when he was drafted. Um, so, yeah. That's it. Look, I guess the big question is uh, how is Paddy Ryder going to perform against his old club? What are we expecting from both him and from Essendon as well? Um, so happy that we're playing him forward for most of the game because, I mean, really, the few times that we've done it, which is game and the two showdowns, he has excelled out of the goal square. I mean, seriously, was it like Essendon, Essendon fans saying that... Um, you know, he can't really play forward. He's more of a ruck. You know, he's a, he's a number one ruck. But he has a serious spot in the side. I mean, he is the full forward. Schultz has just lost the plot. We refuse to bring in anyone else because, I don't know, we just hate key forwards or something. So, I don't know. I really I really think Ryder, he could kick three or four goals and have a real influence there because they didn't bring in Giles, did they? So... No. I think if Wobie can hold up his end of the bargain, which is very questionable, but if he can, and we could just sit right out in the square, yeah, it could be a real presence and really hurt them. Yeah. I don't think they have a match-up for him with his athleticism because I think that they'll put Hurley to Schultz, and I don't see the match-up that they're potentially going to have for Ryder in the forward like what, Tate Pears? Is Tate Pears playing on the weekend? I don't know. But he would be the thought. But I just think that with the athleticism that um, Ryder's going to get him and uh, run him a merry dance, I'd reckon. Mm. I actually reckon Hurley will, Hurley will play on Ryder. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I reckon he's going to try and rough him up as well. He'll, he'll give Ryder an absolute uh, horrible time out there. I'm, I reckon there's going to be fisticuffs. There's going to be a bit of a brawl. And he's going to do everything possible to put him off his game. And do you reckon that our boys are going to fly the flag? Cause I, I really hope so. Because we've been playing like um, these soft little meek little boys for too long. Like 
we've got to stand up for our players and actually fly the flag. And I, I honestly don't care with our season being done that if a guy um, gets robbed out for a couple of weeks for actually like sticking up for our players because I think we're playing far too soft. We've got to get more campaigner in us. Yep. This is, if, uh, this if... is the great litmus test, I think, um, on Saturday night because Ryder chose us. He had a big history with Essendon. If they're going to try and rough him up, I hope we go all guns blazing and, you know, just say, game on, Moles, bring it on. Let's see what you got. If <laughs> we're soft cops... hammer and tongs and look, as you said, Al, if someone gets suspended, good. <laughs> Let it happen. Just going to say, last time at Eddie had against uh, Essendon, Westhoff completely laid out Hooker, just oh, that's smashed right. yeah. him with the elbow. That was beautiful. If he gets a spin, yeah. I don't care if he's out for five games or something. You know, maybe we'll get some games in a boot. Just give one of them a belting. Like I just want to say that bit of mongrel from Westhoff. Yeah, he's got it in him. He's just so quiet and weird. So weird. <laughs> he just puts. I don't know what happens, but when he when he gets angry, he'll he'll fight anybody. I was thinking SM, about. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. No, go ahead, Dylan. I was just gonna say my my sporting mates are really big on Kale Hooker as a like an all Australian tier fullback. Why is he the guy who goes forward instead of like Hurley? That's that's weird to me. Just just want oh, to throw Hurley's that one a better. Out. Hurley's a better shutdown defender. I think he's he's done a really good job this year, and I think probably yeah. deserves to be spoken about in all Australian in form. Um, I don't think Hooker has. Obviously, Hooker had a great year last year, but um, you know he's more sort of loose and and can play that sort of third man and take those sort of marks from opposition kicks and all that sort of thing. But Hurley's the one that you want to sort of shut down a player. I guess with Carlisle out, they got no choice really. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Might as well talk about uh, Essendon's forward line because it is a place where they do actually struggle to kick a lot of goals. They've only kicked 153 goals for the year. I mean, Port haven't been the highest scoring team going around either, but we've still managed um, over 30 more goals than they have. And it's a very similar story to Jay Schultz where if Joe Danaher doesn't kick goals, then generally they don't win. He's kicked uh, 17 goals in their five wins, and that includes um, a goalless game in one of them. And he's only kicked 12 goals in their 10 losses, so... You, you just have the feeling like if we can shut down Joe Danaher, I'm just not sure where they're going to kick a winning score from. Yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, like I think they're only averaging like 71 points a game or something I was reading, which yeah. is their lowest since like before the Second World War. <laughs> something ridiculous. So like, um, That's they're a pretty low. Half, that one. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think it was Caro or something stupid. But um, yeah, they, they don't have that forward line. Um and I think that the person to go to him this week would be Jackson, just because of that reach. Because yeah. um, Homsch is just a bit short. So that extra reach that Joe Dana uh, has, I think Jacko's the best um, candidate to go to him. Is this a concern? Are we going to see someone like Kyle Langford in his fifth game or whatever it is kick four or five goals? Yes. <laughs> Always. <laughs> the way we're playing, like last week, was it Jake Lever? And that absolutely schooled our forward line. And um, him and Hardigan, when, so this week I think it'll be a role reversal. I think, yeah, someone like, in their forward line are going to just, yeah, kick 10 goals or something stupid. Yeah. It's Who's either going to be Kyle Langford or Sean McKernan who's going to kick a bag. Oh, don't talk oh, to me about Sean McKernan. I forgot that he was playing. This is an opportunity <laughs> for Loby to get in form. He's playing on Sean McKernan. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you would hope so. You, oh, you really if hope he so. doesn't, 
he's playing uh, Sandful next week. So big, big podcast contributor El Scorcho reckons the story of the day will be woe be to Heppel. Just all day. Low low to to like like Loby to Thompson. Just mm. all over again. But hopefully we can find some form in McKernan, surely. Oh, sh- Sam Jacobs, fair enough. He gets pants by Sam Jacobs every single time. But McKernan is VFL tier. I mean, seriously. He's woeful. He's absolutely... It shows how woeful. bad Tom Bellchambers is going if he can't get a game ahead of uh, Sean McKernan. Oh, I think he's injured, actually. Bellchambers. Well, what else... Do we have to talk about this game? Are we going to win? Is this a game where we should be winning? Or is the uh, Essendon Eddie Had curse going to continue? Eddie Had curse was lifted. Lifted against North, at least. So, you know, here's hoping it'll happen again because honestly, I don't get to see a lot of wins in Melbourne. <laughs> so I'd, love to, I'd love it again. Yeah, I think that we'll get the chocolates. But uh, I don't think it's going to be easy. They're just they're that bad. We've lost to everyone who's terrible. So we should win. I think we'll win. What actually happens in reality is a totally different ball game. So oh, I just I don't even can we even get anything out of this game? I mean we haven't brought half in. You know, we're just rotating our fringe players. It feels like Groundhog Day. Can we just oh, I hope next I'm next week. Can we just try something different? That's all. That's all I ask. Because this yeah. game is just going to be iller as it comes. It is a fair point. What can we actually get out of this game? Because you feel unless we win by, I mean, even if we win by ten or fifteen goals, you think, well, where the hell's this been? It's only against Essendon. You know, if we struggle, you go, well, it figures. You know, because we always play down to our opponent's level. And if God forbid we lose, you just go, well, that just follows the form line for this the season anyway. Yeah, I mean, you, you want to at least see some individual development at least. You know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, bring Butcher or, I mean, I always thought the Butcher just will not get a game period. But why not just throw him in? Or Harvey, you know? Because another year, especially when the season is dead, why another year without AFL, KPF development, when Schultz is clearly over the hill, we're left with Ryder, who, you know, who, who knows about his future? with um, the cider and water or whatever. So, ah, it's, it's frustrating that we'll want to wait until next year. And then next year, is Harvey going to get games? Is he ever going to get games? Or is his tank just going to be forever not good enough, you know, not fit enough? He's not kicking five goals every week, a.k.a. the expectation of Butcher in the SNFL. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's baffling. It's baffling that we're not, not using this dead season for anything. Yeah. Two years ago... Myself, Rick, and Porsche did a end of season sort of uh, review, I guess you'd say, of our list and and where we were at and where we thought our premiership window would be. And obviously, we went, we went through each line and we we spoke at length about the forward line and we kind of decided, yeah, you know what, I, I think we're in pretty good shape here. But in in those two years, what Butcher's played three games in total, Shaw's played zero, Harvey's played zero. I mean, never in my wildest nightmares did I ever think that that would be the outcome of the previous two seasons remember you know, Mason we, we, sure. we just had to get some sort of game time into someone at this point that's undeniable I mean any any other team and you say oh we can't afford to lose games because they've I mean like 
Fremantle are playing. That's that's one good example. It's important. Fremantle are playing Tabernacle. He's he's shit, but he could be <laughs> something. He was good against us. We made him look, you know, like a at least a six year KPF. He was looking pretty good. Hmm. But yeah, it's simple. I mean, Ross Lyon understands that. People would say, oh, Ross doesn't play the kids, but look at what he's doing. He's playing a kid in a because he knows that he needs him, right? Because Pavlich is getting older. He he knows that he needs these guys. We know that we need these guys, but we don't play them. It's incredibly frustrating. Hmm. I mean, Shaw's been the big letdown. I mean, it's, I'm not sure where to go with him in terms of the fact that he's he's just almost constantly injured, and he just when he does play, he doesn't really get a kick and. I mean, you've you almost got to wonder if his spot on the list is in jeopardy at the end of the season. I don't know. He needs to shave that moustache, though. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper Pittard's style. Yeah, vote for Pedro <laughs> moustache. <laughs> yeah, what was that talk about him and like a contractor buck? I mean, he's not doing himself any favours. Oh, exactly. He's He's... Um, his spot on the list may be in jeopardy and I wouldn't have thought that last year. I think he came back from a wrist injury and kicked six. I thought, oh, you beauty and uh, we're going to get a forward out of this group and um, he's just done nothing this year and when he has played, he's just been woeful. So it's a pretty um, big concern for our club because we we only lucked out or we, we, we struck it lucky with uh, Jay Schultz. Let's think about it. We sent Mitch Farmer uh, and picked 71 for him. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I was pissed off at it at the time. I was like, "Like, what are we getting Jay Schultz for? He's shown us nothing. And uh, he's been really good. And um, Rody and all those uh, made that a great decision. But we haven't been able to develop a forward since Warren Treadray. No, it's true. I mean, I, I can't really think of any sort of young key position forward that we've actually developed outside of Treaders and, and Chad Corns. Yep, you just play a tape of anything Porsche says about our KPF development and recruiting and just, you know, it really nail on the head because we just don't draft them. We don't take chances with our high picks. We drafted Butcher when we still had, you know, two other picks in the first round when there was, you know, Carlisle going Talia, you know, his KPF, but he's still a key position player. Even the famous ones, Travis Boke. I'll be bitterly disappointed if Harvey doesn't get a game by the end of the season. It would be oh, an absolute yeah. rude missed opportunity of all missed opportunities, you'd have to say. Can you put that in your top five, somehow put it into your top five, <laughs> so that everyone in the world and the whole marketing department at Port Adelaide know that we think that Harvey should at least get a game? Oh, all right, geez. predictions. Who's going to win? Who's going to be best on ground? I'm liking Hartlett for best on ground in a uh, relatively boring three-goal win for us. Uh, yeah, Hartlett, he's been up, been up. I think he's probably our best on ground for the first half in the showdown. He's been pretty, he's been relatively good. You know, a few people were sort of saying, oh, he doesn't really do a lot. But I mean, unless, unless he's putting in goals from 60 out, people probably just don't really notice what Hartlett does. And he's a massive, yeah. massive difference maker in the one percenters and in the his tackling and contested ball, I mean, he's, he's really good. And I think, yeah, he has a chance to kick a couple of those big goals on Eddie Had surface, uh, like last time we played Essendon there. So, 
Yeah, that's my tip. His last two um, weeks have been outstanding. Hmm. Yeah, Hammers yeah. not been playing too bad. No, I was going to say, um, I'm actually going to pick um, Port by uh, seven goals. It'll be a boring seven-goal win. Like, it's just they're just woeful and we'll just kick away. And I'm actually going to say that Chad will be best on ground and he'll kick a lazy half-dozen. Yeah, I would like to see that. I'm going to say Essendon by seven points. Yes. What are you going to actually tip, Macca? Essendon by seven points. I've tipped Essendon. I've uh, officially tipped them in the the tipping competition. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I've just got a bad feeling about this. I, I have a... A feeling that we're just not going to turn up. We're going to struggle. You know, it's going to be a very dour game. You know, something like nine goals to eight. Something uh, where a lot of the supporters in the stand are just going to be absolutely bored shitless, I think. Um, and hopefully Wingard kicks another two or three goals. And uh, hopefully Ryder has a pretty good game. But uh, I don't have a good feeling about this one. Well, I know if it is... Go ahead, Dylan. Sorry. If it is uh, absolutely dour, I'll, I'll be out by half-time. And tip for any of those in Melbourne not enjoying the game. Uh, for those familiar, your boy Bangs will be playing a free concert at the Laundry Bar. So go and see that. If you guys don't know him, you're really missing out. Bangs. Uh, I love Bangs. Yeah. I'm disappointed I can't go to that. Free gig Saturday night. So if the game's dour by half-time, just get out of there. Get into Fitzroy and, you know, go see him. Maybe he'll perform his diss track. Here he is. Mate, awesome. I got one mouthful of food in. Good timing. Ricking fish. What's going on? Fisty. Mate, tired Dylan. How are you going, boys? Good, good, good. How are you going? Slick Rick, hey. So what are we up to? What have I missed out on? Well, we're just about to wrap it up, I think. So if you want to hurry up, (laughs) that'd be great. (laughs) Okay. I I heard Al, you had a, a controversial texter about the RAA debacle. Yeah, I did. Yeah? He, he, was, he can't feed his kids now. I know. That's pretty poor. It is, But, I mean, from a corporate perspective, it's a bit disappointing, isn't it? It's, it's a bit embarrassing. I mean, it's not like they. It's there was any ambiguity about the offer that was put up. And I know REH, um, he, uh, he's sort of defending it um, with the SMA altering the attendances. But, you know what? That's not the supporters' fault. And it's great that they're giving it to charity for for that re- uh, for whatever reason they're doing that. That's fine, but you know I can understand why a lot of supporters are a bit aggrieved about it all. So um, that's my take on the RAA thing. I heard that while I was driving. So what's the outcome of the Port Essendon game, fellas? Are we are you optimistic, pessimistic? What do you think? Always pessimistic, mate. You know me. <laughs> yeah. Is anyone totally tipping Port with? Any confidence? I am. Seven goals. Seven goals? Yep. And Chad wow. to kick six. Chad to kick six. Yeah, I don't know. It's. Um, I saw Jacko today. He's confident. He, he thinks they're, they're going to pump him. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We're a bit of a Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde side. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed with, the, um, with a couple of the... Or one of the inclusions. Oh, I, no. Uh, you'd, you're... At least we didn't have Rick on to complain for an hour about Arch getting dropped because I thought that that was what, probably good that he wasn't able to make it. This is this is very <laughs> true. Look, no Pittard, no Archie. I mean, this could have been a horrible podcast, really. 
<laughs> it's a horrible podcast. But, I mean, you know, Macca, I was talking about it the other week where I thought the, the coaches weren't really showing enough confidence in Arch um, when they made him sub instead of playing him the full game. And I guess, you know, he had one good game or one serviceable game, full game, and then had a poor game last week. It, it would have been a great opportunity to... Um, to just sort of back him in and go, come on, let's give it a go. But I guess the counter that they're they're probably trying a, a a trial period now with all the players, aren't they? Totally agree. Finals. With the first bit. Very Which part's that? Lack of, yeah, not with not showing arch, the face. Should have backed him yeah. in. I, I would I would have unless he was catastrophically bad for a couple of weeks. I wouldn't have dropped him for the rest of the year. No, I was trying to work out what was wrong game. with it. Oh, I mean, I maybe it was, it was just stage fright. I think it was played out of position. He wasn't played as much in the middle, in the guts, um, in like the stoppages. He sort of played forward and a bit on the wing. Yeah. Whereas the Collingwood but, game, they really backed him in and played him a fair bit on the midfield, didn't they? Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. So that's where, I mean, that's where I think they, they sort of lacked a, a little bit of confidence. And, and it's interesting because Ken last year had supreme confidence in any player that he picked. Whereas this year, um, we seem to be seeing a lot of selections where some of those players may, may not be getting that same confidence. So is it Ken or is it one of the midfield coaches that maybe is uh, a little bit different with the treatment of the players this year? Are you alluding? <laughs> Are you going to start bagging on Michael Voss again? I'm sick of hearing <laughs> that crap. Have I have I actually bagged out on Michael Voss? Did I actually use Michael I'm not Voss's sure you name? Oh, yeah. he spent an hour on the phone to be bagging on Michael Voss, so it might not have been on a podcast. But I do know that uh, Rick's not a big fan of Michael Voss. Well, excuse me, but that's a private conversation. Now, you shouldn't be <laughs> you shouldn't be divulging private Michael Vo- conversations. Michael Voss is listening to this podcast right now, and he's very disappointed. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he I'm sure he highly rates my uh, my backyard opinion, but um, well. Look, I just put it this way: there's something different this year to last year. And how was how was our who, who's that poster? Is it FFPF who does the video post of our of our work? Port WTF. <laughs> that's that's some amazing. Does he actually do that, or is that is he just ripping it from the port website? No, I think he uh, actually he's does that. Put them together because they are too. absolutely they are absolutely awesome, and I love the one from the showdown because. It just showed how bad our midfield stoppages are. Really? I was going to mention that as well. Actually, yeah, forgot. Um, because I, I really struggle to pay attention to the stoppages, to be honest, when it's happening live. So, yeah, yeah to watch it retrospectively and just see Thompson setting up defense, just losing every single tap, even if it was just a low tapping it straight down to him. I mean, mm. you can clearly see that we're losing it every time. Just switch our defensive side of guy to him. And man him up, <laughs> or he's just going to keep dominating, and he did. I could understand yeah. the last quarter when we were rolling the dice, but uh, yeah, when it, when it's like the first and second quarter, and he's dominating, it's just man him up, simple. Well, when you're watching that footage, and and um, and you've got someone saying, "Oh, don't blame the coaches." I mean, it's hard not to blame the coach, um, and it's not hard to blame the head coach and the midfield coach. Right, because those, some of those setups were atrocious, and for those people that are, are defending Matt Loby as a as a good ruckman, I mean, have a look at the hitouts. Some of the hitouts cool. were straight to a Crows player. You know, 
Got, it, got on him for getting first use, but when your first use is just you're just tapping it right down the throat of an open pros player, you, we might as well just be playing the legendary third man up, Andrew Moore, in the ruck because it's probably just as <laughs> yeah. useful. Is that, that was some of the best hit outs Lobie's had all year. <laughs> <laughs> Put him into the side to play ruck, first ruck. Lobie uh, will be can the you side. guys? Can you guys name me another? starting 18 Ruckman in the league that has done that as regularly as Loby has this year? Stephen Martin. Yeah. Really? I'm going on I'm going on, on your trust here because I don't watch Brisbane. Sorry. Like, Stephen Martin gets a lot of touches, but his, his Ruck taps aren't that great. Yeah. And I mean... Loby doesn't get enough ball. Well, Loby doesn't get enough ball to what to justify the poor tap work, you know, because mm. his influence around around the ground is so minimal that he has to be a fantastic ruckman, tap ruckman to negate that, and he and he's not. And oh, look, does um, that say it's... that he is one of the lowest um, ruckman in the league in terms of hitouts to advantage and, and winning hitouts? He just can't do it. Yeah. No. Well, I and, was, I was tot- you go, Rick. No, you're right. Keep going. Okay. I was totally against the inclusion of Redden. One, because it was oh, you could see it come from a mile away in the Sydney game that he wasn't ready, and Butcher got dropped. But, I mean, Redden's had a, a decent run of form in the SNFL. I mean, when just, do you reckon he's starting to put pressure on Lobie for the spot? Because, I mean, I know we could just play with Ruckman with Paddy, but if we wanted to keep that... You know that rider forward weapon going. Bring Redden in, or does anyone watch the SNFL? Give me a better, a better sort of clue of what's going on with Redden. Well, I think they've put Redden on ice for the year in terms of his AFL sort of potential. I think after that round two game, they said, "No, nah, we'll just play in the SNFL unless unless there's like a, a drastic injury situation where we absolutely need him." And I think that's probably fair enough. Let him, let him play out the the season in the SNFL, have a big preseason and. Hopefully he can come out next year and, and really uh, push for a spot in the site. That's good. I think that's a, any, any I think that's a fair call, Lobie. Dylan. Um, because they, a few people that watch the Maggies also suggest that Redo's pretty slow at the moment as well. So you uh, might get carved out up in, uh, in AFL land on the run. But he's a magnificent tap ruckman, and I'd love to see him in the side for that reason because... Um, He'll give our midfielders a lot more first use of the ball, which has been probably one of our biggest issues for the bulk of the year this year. That's it. Well, Rick, who are you picking on uh, Saturday night, mate? What's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to go Port by say four goals. Okay. I just I just feel we I, I think Essendon's pretty incompetent, and uh, I reckon if we can't win by um, a few goals, there's there's going to be riots in the hills, especially at Kersbrook. <laughs> I'll get my pitchfork out and I'll be out there crying, talking to my pet sheep, Rambo, saying, buddy, what's going on? And on that note, thanks, we should probably uh, close it off for this evening. Oh, thanks See so you, much. boys. Go to boys, the power. Al, Dylan, thanks for coming on. No worries. Good, Rick, very Sorry briefly. Yeah, I apologise. All good. On the power. <laughs> One last hurrah. Loads up. 
They need a mark and then a goal. West off almost. Motlock couldn't quite. Enright, good tackle. Cassisi to win it. Cassisi does win it. Oh!